Welcome back to the Stay High Podcast, where I help you heighten your personal experience through my own experience on this earth. I'm your host, Kristen, and this week we are talking about healing from narcissistic abuse from a parent. This is a part two of the narcissistic series that um, I am doing, and the reason why I'm doing it this week is because I have a lot on my heart. I have a lot of my heart. I had plans to do a different episode this week, but because of the things that are currently going on in my life, I felt like it would be disingenuine for me to not talk about it. And I'll just get right in like I always do. And I may be all over the place this episode because there's just a lot of feelings. But um, healing from narcissistic abuse from a parent, particularly I'm speaking on my dad, has been so energetically taxing. And I didn't even realize how much energy that my dad has stolen from me since birth. I have been his therapist. I have been his emotional punching bag. I've been in the target of his projection, hatred, insecurities, shame, guilt, blame, you name it, I have been the target of it. And it hasn't been until recently with my dad getting sick. And if you don't know that he was diagnosed with stage one stomach cancer in April, so about three, four months ago. And because of his grandiose narcissism, he is using his arrogance and his hatred to further traumatize me and my family. Instead of going to get the procedures that he needs to take care of everything since it's stage one, he has continued to pretend and live in this facade that he knows more than the doctors and everything's okay with him and he's fine. And essentially, he is allowing himself to slowly fade away. And by doing this, he has caused so much stress on me and my family, particularly me and my sister. And we have still continued to spend so much energy worrying and trying to get him to see the value in his life. But we have both, but I'll just speak for me, I have come to a point where I can no longer spare any, any more energy towards my father. And I know a lot of people have their own opinions and their own perception. And I know I'm not the only one who has gone through going uh, through no contact with a grandiose narcissistic parent who is now dying. 
It is a very convoluted and complex situation, and everyone deals with it with how they see fit. But for me, I chose to go completely no contact with my dad on April 29th or 30th, which was the day that he was diagnosed with the stage one cancer, and we were all in the room, and he was diagnosed. And that was the day that I finally let my dad know everything that I had been holding in and keeping in for the past 36 years. This wasn't planned. This wasn't intentional. But my dad just kept poking, kept poking, kept poking and crossing my boundaries and continuing to disrespect me even on, you know, even in his sickness that I completely disassociated and my inner child took the stage. And my sister and my brother-in-law were in the hospital room. And because my dad could not yell louder than me anymore, and it's not something that I'm proud of because he was sick. And because he was in a vulnerable position, I was finally able to get all the trauma and the pain and the anger and the sadness out of my body and back onto him. And if I'm being honest, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Healing and navigating narcissistic abuse in general from a a romantic partner, from a friend, is painful in itself. But really finally taking the rose-colored glasses off and, and finally seeing the truth about your parent, the one person that is supposed to protect you, love you, guide you, respect you, teach you, to finally see the truth that this person has been ultimately the reason why you've had chronic depression, the reason why you've had low self-esteem, the reason why you've had chronic anxiety, and you see and can finally clearly see that everything that they have done to you is a reflection of how they feel about themselves, it is extremely painful. I was a daddy's girl. By default, I was the second child born. I have an older sister, and she was more team mom. And because of that, my dad needed someone to be team dad. And so when I was born, my parents got divorced shortly after, about a year, year and a half after. And my dad would have me on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they would, you know, do joint custody And on his days, instead of loving me, instead of being a father and being a role model and teaching me, we spent most of our time together gossiping and filling my heart and my mind with hate towards my mother. And that strained my relationship. He said things like, your mother never wanted you. I wanted you. Your mom is this, your mom is that. And so being the young child that I was, extremely impressionable, I believed him. And that caused such a strain on me and my mom's relationship. And now my adult self, I can see that he wanted someone to be his ally. He wanted someone to further 
participate in his delusion. And now I, I really understand how much narcissistic personality disorder is gen it's genuinely a mental illness. The reality is so warped and so convoluted. The lies become so big and out of control that the lies really do become the truth to the narcissist. And it has taken me so long <laughs> to get to this point where I have no energy left, even in his sickness, even with him fighting the doctors and deciding to check himself out and not get surgery and to essentially bleed to death because that's what's happening. He has a mass that's internally bleeding and he had to get three blood transfusions back at the end of April and then he never got the mass removed. So now fast forward to yesterday, today, he needs another blood transfusion. And instead of going and, and doing what he needs to do to save himself so that he could be here a little bit longer for his family, he's deciding to fight tooth and nail every step of the way. The doctor took too long, so he left. The doctor told him to go get a blood transfusion right now because he's critically low. He decides to go get some McDonald's and smoke a few cigarettes and sleep on it. And so the abuse, the emotional, energetic abuse doesn't stop in my case. Even in his sickness, he is still this person. And so this is why going no contact was essential for my mental health. And I'm making this video for anyone who is in a similar situation or has similar feelings or feels like they have been trying to jump through hoops to gain the validation of someone who deep down you know will never be able to validate you. Not even at this point because they don't want to, because they are mentally unable to. And so I've still made a choice to continue being no contact. And the updates that I get about him is from my family. But my inner child that day, that was the last thing that I said to my dad. And I made a decision that I knew that the next time that I would see my father would be on his deathbed or at his funeral. And I had a lot of guilt. I've been carrying so much guilt for the fact that I am so indifferent and apathetic at this point. Because like I said at the beginning, I have no more energy left to give. He has, I've allowed him and he has stolen so much of my joy and so much of my happiness. And I'm just at my, I'm at my limit. Empathetic children, empathetic people, highly empathic, sensitive people. I've realized that we have a very, very high emotional pain tolerance. We love people more than we love ourselves sometimes, and I'm not saying that's good. But there was a point in my life where I loved my dad more than I loved myself, and that translated into my relationships and friendships. And now where I'm at, I love myself the most 
out of anyone in this world. And I don't feel bad about that anymore. And because of that, my decision to still stay no contact with my dad, despite this probably being his final days, because he's making a choice not to get the help that he needs. I don't feel guilty. I don't. And I thought that this made me a cold, callous person. I thought because of other people's stories of how they still continue to deal with the abuse because it's their father. Even when people say, I've made peace with it, I forgive him. I am making peace with it. And I am still in the process of forgiving him. But that does not mean that I have to allow him to continue to berate me, disrespect me. It doesn't mean that I have to continue fawning over him and having to completely appease him just to have any type of normal conversation. I don't have it in me anymore to be this way. And I know that I'm not alone in this. There's a part of me that feels like my relationship with my father will improve once he does transition. There's a part of me that feels like I will be closer to him once he's on the other side. These are all things that have taken me months and months of healing and processing and radically accepting. These have taken me a very long time to be able to say these things out loud because I've been very scared of death. I've been very, very anxious about this day and these days and this situation. But I realize that this is a part of life. This is something that everyone will have to experience. No one will make it off this planet without experiencing this. And um, I'm not alone. And so instead of making a choice, because at this point, everything I do is a conscious choice, right? Instead of making a conscious choice to worry, to be scared all day, to have anxiety and think about this all day and then just cave in and, and give my energy to someone who, at the end of the day, doesn't really care about how his actions have made me feel or are still making me feel, I've decided to process things on my own. And it feels good to be at this point in my life where I'm no longer allowing anyone in my life to drain me, disrespect me, manipulate me, abuse me. Not even my father. And it, it shouldn't be not even my, it should be especially not my father. The one person who should be respecting me and loving me the most has been the one that has caused so much pain for me and my family. I'm not saying that my mom is perfect and that I don't have wounding from my mom, society, my sister. Everything that has happened to me in my life has not been strictly because of my dad. But if I'm being honest, he was the biggest core wound in my life. And so I'm kind of shocking myself, to be honest, with how I'm handling this situation, knowing that 
because my dad has decided to not get treatment and is still so angry and walking around and smoking cigarettes and eating unhealthy, doing all these things that he knows that he shouldn't be doing. I'm preparing myself. And I know a lot of people are going to say you never can be prepared for that. And I, and I agree. I don't know how I'm going to feel. But what I do know is how I feel right now in this moment, in this present moment. And this type of abuse no longer has a place in my life. Not from friends, not from romantic partners, not from family members. I will not tolerate the gaslighting, the manipulation, the crossing of boundaries, the disregarding of needs. I will not tolerate it. And um, I know this is a more serious episode. But I think that it's so important to really hear the perspectives of children that have narcissistic parents and then to take it further, narcissistic parents that are in their final days and that are sick to hear this truth. Because I know that I'm not the only one that feels like it will be a relief when my dad transitions. Because it is the anger that he is living, the the resentment that he has, the shame has manifested into a demonic energy that he carries. That's the best way I can put it because that's how he acts. One day he could just be smiling and then the next minute he's cussing you out like you're the scum of the earth. Like he forgot that you were his child. That's how he makes me feel. Whoa. Who are you talking to? I'm your child. Your blood. And that's where we have to really have radical acceptance that people in our lives that have narcissistic personality disorder are not mentally stable. They're not real. It's a facade. It's a manipulation game. It's a huge wound and insecurity. I have compassion for my dad. I feel very, very bad for him that he has never been able to receive love. What seems like a single day in his life, no matter how much we've tried to love him, that we've tried to just forgive him and let bygones be bygones and just It's okay. Forget about the stuff from childhood, dad. Let's just hang out and have the time. He could not let go of the resentment. The conversation would always come back to my mother and just these angry, hate-filled conversations. And after a while, you stop wanting to be around somebody that every single conversation has to be reminiscing of something from 35 plus years ago, especially when you're not even getting the full story. You're getting their victim mentality story. You're, you're not even getting the full perspective of what happened. Why did you and mom really get divorced? It was just because she was emotionally unavailable. But what about you? What about the cheating? What about the drugs? What about the things that you have done? And that is where I draw the line. I'm not at, you know, I haven't asked my dad at all 
in the last few times that we've spoken before I decided to go with no contact to hold himself accountable. I had a huge epiphany on August 8th, 2022, that I no longer needed his validation. It was one of the biggest epiphanies that set me free. It was, an, it was just a profound breakthrough. And it's so simple, but so <laughs> enlightening. I don't even know the word to use. But when I finally, it finally hit me that I said, oh, I don't need his validation anymore. I don't want his validation anymore. I see him for who he truly is. And who he truly is is not a good person. And that is the truth. I had to stop saying he's my dad, but he did this. And I know that he's hurt who he is and the things that he's done. He should be in jail. That's the truth. And that truth really hurt. But it also set me free. So this is why I'm making this episode. And I just want anybody else to know who has been wanting to go no contact, who is still being abused verbally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, that you don't have to put up with this just because it's your parent. I know the guilt that comes along with making the decision that I don't think that this person can be in my life anymore. I know how painful it is to grieve someone who is still living because I'm doing it. But enough is enough. I love him, but I love me more. And I could no longer subject myself or my inner child to this abuse anymore and these lies. I made a promise to myself and my inner child to always put her first, to allow her to be heard and seen, to put her in spaces where she is properly validated and mirrored. And unfortunately, that space is not with my dad. He has zero respect for me or anyone, including himself. And if I continue to allow this behavior, if I continue to keep showing up and hanging and, and calling and answering the phone and going through this roller coaster that we've been on for my entire life, then I am saying that I am not worthy of healthy love. I am saying that I am not worthy of respect. And I am saying that because he is my dad, that he gets to a pass to treat me however he wants to be, that however he wants to treat me, and that is simply not true. I have done so much work on myself the last two years. I have filled my cup up on my own. I have validated myself. I have gotten to a place where I love myself. I can finally honestly say that I love Kristen Underwood. I love who I am. And because of that is why I have made the decision to still continue no contact, even though my dad is very, very sick. <sighs> this felt good. I needed to get this out. If this is you, if this resonates with you, you're not alone. This abuse is traumatizing. I had PTSD, childhood PTSD, chronic anxiety. I, like I said, this relationship has impacted every aspect of my life. And I've had to fight every single day the inner voice that I am not good enough, that I'm selfish, 
that I am unworthy, that I am not lovable, that I deserve to be abandoned. These are all the things that have corrupted my mind due to the abuse and neglect from my father and childhood and my entire life, not even just childhood, my entire life. And if I can help someone listening to this no longer feel guilty for wanting to subject themselves to healthier environments and to stop subjecting themselves to this toxic abuse, then it's worth it. And this is why I'm speaking out about it. My pain and my past do not define me, but I am going to take this pain and turn it into purpose, which is why I'm recording this episode today. Because what I went through is a part of my purpose. And so, you're not alone. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. I am you. That's all I have for today. If you want to follow me on socials, it's underscore stay hype on TikTok and Instagram. I go live on TikTok Monday through Friday and Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, and we talk a lot about this. If you're struggling, if you feel alone, the community that we are building on TikTok is absolutely amazing, beautiful, safe, non-judgmental. I challenge you to join and speak your truth. It's a lot more freeing than you realize. And on that note, that is my time. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day, and I will see you soon. I love you. Bye.